Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go, middle of the week. End of the week for Brian Haydad. He's got a FIFA marathon coming up over the next couple of days. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Michael Borky and I will continue to slave away in the salt mines for the next couple of days as we go toward another college football weekend. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. It is a little chilly, but it is absolutely gorgeous today. You could play golf in pants and a long sleeve shirt, maybe a vest or a pullover, and just enjoy the heck out of the afternoon. And you got more days that are coming like that. You can book your tea time or plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Hey, Dad, you look like you had a thought there. Well, I was just going to say, the pants are probably the most important part of that outfit. You can get away with some of the other stuff, but you need the pants to get in. Well, I mean, you could play in shorts if you really wanted to. I'm just saying, you make sure you have on something below the waist. Yeah, well, I mean... Could you play in a kilt? Ooh, uh, yes, I would think so. You really embrace the roots of the game. Yeah, would you you latch a bagpipe into the, uh, the extra... Cart storage on the back of your cart? Why not? At that point, mm. a bottle of Lagavulin. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Somebody says, nice cap, Richard. Does it have the Super Talk logo? No, but we should get some of these in Super Talk logos. That'd be really cool. It's got the, Put it on the really list. Logo. We need a merch store. If anybody's listening, we're just throwing money away. Yeah. Merch store. I mean, I guess, could could we develop our own merch store? I'm sure we could. I mean, we probably would I just don't want to have, have anybody come behind us, you know, a month later and say, no, y'all can't do this after we've put a lot of work in. Yeah. And cost, also. I mean, my gosh, those guys at the next round have merch, and nobody listens to them. <laughs> do they not? I don't know. That's a great know. show. I meant, yeah. I meant to text Ryan Brown after the Alabama game because I sat in his seat and he didn't show up. So mm. there you go. Uh, we're glad to be with you. We've got lots of stuff to get to. Borky, my favorite thing 
is something that you included in the notes today in the rundown for, for later in the show. But you know what? I think we just like push it to the, the top of the list. Mike Leach was asked about a grade that he would assign to officials this week, and he had a rather witty response. That's obviously a ridiculous question, and you know it. Unless I plan to spend some money. <laughs> you go ahead and mail me the check, and I'll give you one heck of an answer. Which kind of means he answered the question, right? He did answer the question. Um, Mike Leach says about $30,000 in that check should cover the fine that he would get from the league office. I did the math on this. That's a little extra walking around money, though, too, right? I mean, it'd be a $25,000 fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he, he, there's a service charge and everything. I, I did the math on the median American income, which is about $70,000 a year right now. Okay. Uh, that would be the equivalent, a $25,000 fine on Mike Leach's salary would be the equivalent of a $400 fine to you or I should, if that was what our salary was. So, and he, just pay it. Just pay it one time. It's, you've got 25K. You've got it. Just pay it one time and let it rip. See, and that's the thing there. There's a cost benefit analysis, right? If, if there really is this problem, if, uh, Mike Leach has alluded to it many times that, that his teams have gotten poor treatment by the officials. Lane Kiffin outright said that there is a difference in the way Alabama is called versus other people in the SEC. So then go all in on it. Expose it. If it's a real problem, if coaches talk about it behind the scenes and prepare for it and acknowledge its existence, do something about it. You're making $5.5 million a year. Do something about it. Toughen up. Be brave. Expose it. Don't don't hide behind Jackson Dart's mom or the fear of a fine. Call it out. On your own. Expose it. Although, uh, to Kiffin's credit, he retweeted a bunch of stuff. But it, it did. if it's real, do something. If somebody is constantly wronging you, Setting you back, costing you benefits in your job. Are you just going to say, you know, can't talk about it because it might it might cost me a little bit, a little bit of money when I'm making seven and a half million dollars this year. Just pay it. It might, it might cost me a little bit. Go all in. Expose it. I have two thoughts. One, it's easy to spend other people's money, whether they make seven million dollars a year or seventy thousand a year. It's easy to spend somebody else's money. Right. I mean, it's easy to go, ah, it's just write the check for $25,000. $25,000 is a lot of money regardless. But here's my question. That money gets diverted to a scholarship fund? Is it yeah. tax deductible? You're helping. I doubt it. I'm just saying that if I knew that I could come on this radio station mm-hmm. and pay $400 to say whatever the heck I wanted for 10 minutes, and that's all I had to do was give you four, give $400 away, I would write that check. Okay. Good news, though. I wouldn't talk bad about either one of you. You guys are my friends. That is uh, that is good to know. So, uh, fun times with uh, with Mike Leach. We've, uh, we've actually math. got football to talk about. Uh, games coming up yeah. this weekend. Not a lot of great games in the SEC. We've not yet gotten into lines this week. We'll do that a little bit later. Uh, it was kind of funny last night with all of the people who were frustrated about double overtime basketball. I don't know if you guys were following along on Twitter. Probably you were. Yeah. But the college football playoff top 25, this week's edition, 
was announced between Kentucky, Michigan State, and Duke, Kansas. And Kentucky, Michigan State goes to overtime. And everybody's kind of, ah, here we go. we got to wait, wait longer, wait longer. And then it goes to a second overtime, people, and and people just kind of lost their minds a little bit. We eventually got to the revealing of the top 25, and guys, we were pretty accurate yesterday in what we thought was going to happen. Um, Georgia's still number one. Ohio State's still number two. Michigan's still number three. TCU's still number four. Tennessee's still at number five. So no change to the top five from a week ago, which makes sense, right? There was no reason to change. I mean, if you had wanted to flip-flop Michigan and Ohio State, I guess you could have. But I don't think anything from the results last weekend really justified if two weeks ago you thought Ohio State was better than Michigan and they go out and win by 40 and Michigan goes out and wins its game handily in the snow. I don't know that there was any reason or any justification to flip those two. And Tennessee, you know, if they were number five a week ago after they go out and hang 66 on a conference opponent and win by 40, they stay at number five. But then you got to the part of the poll where it was interesting, right? So LSU, with Oregon losing, moves up a spot to number six. LSU is in a great position. But for LSU, everything hinges on what happens in the SEC championship game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're not making it with three losses. Got to win that no, game. Right. No. Yeah, I, I it, it, you know, It doesn't matter. I, I do think LSU being at six is good for them because they don't have to make a big jump. A win over Georgia, LSU is going to jump two spots. Yep. Into the college football playoff. They're not leaving the SEC yes. champion out. That's not happening. A, right. a loss to Georgia. Right. And, and, and by the way, they would and jump they would. Tennessee. Because they would yeah. have a win over the same team that, that handily beat Tennessee. Right. Yeah. Um, a loss to Georgia, and they've got three losses, and they fall down into the 10, 11, 12 range, 8, 9, 10 range, somewhere there, and they're going to an access bowl. Mm-hmm. Southern Cal moves up to number seven. My question about Southern Cal, is that close enough for them to jump in the top four without help if they went out? They need help. I think they got to have help. And, th- and that help doesn't need to be LSU winning because that Georgia's getting in, right? Even if they lose, Georgia's Southern getting Cal in. Southern Cal badly needs TCU to lose. Yes, but they need they Georgia need, to, to beat LSU. And, and honestly, they badly need them to lose? Do, because I, yeah. I was listening to somebody talk about this today. All right, and, Stephen and A., I, calm down. I, I stand by this. I think that if USC wins the Pac-12... They're getting in. Not over undefeated TCU. Ohio State or Michigan has to lose. That is correct. So either either USC will get in or Clemson slash North Carolina will get in, but the rankings tell you they believe in USC more. What about one loss Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee USC, the Pac-12 champion USC, will get into the college football playoff. It will Watch. They will jump Tennessee. They will get in a one-loss Southern Cal Pac-12 champion will get in over one-loss non-conference, non-division champion Tennessee. It'll go down just like that. You already owe me dinner, which I've doubled up from lunch. I'm going to add dessert with a bet here. Okay. 
if what we're describing happens, Tennessee gets in over USC. Okay, we'll, we'll clarify. We, we will clarify the terms of this wager on the other side of this break. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Balls of fire from the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk radio stations coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. We're going to the Farm Bureau guest line, but just to clear up the wager that you guys have in place, it is if TCU loses, Michael Borky says Southern Cal absolutely, if they don't lose again and they're a one-loss Pac-12 No, no it has nothing to do with TCU. Oh, you just think so you Southern say Cal as a one-loss one loss Pac-12 no. champion is a no. playoff team, period. Period. Because Ohio State or okay. Michigan is going to lose. Period. Okay. All right. So that's We're going somewhere that has good cheesecake. That's all I'm saying. Tom Hart joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. <laughs> Tom, what's up, my man? Cheesecake? That's what that's what he says he I wants. I like cheesecake, Tom. That's the that's the payoff the bet is to get you some cheesecake? Well, now he already owes me a steak. Now I'm throwing dessert on top of it. <laughs> I'm digging a hole. Yeah. Just keep doubling down. Don't worry about it. That's, I've been I've done it twice now. Yeah, press the bet, and, and eventually though he's going to end up with the entire meal at Ruth's Chris or Cheesecake oh, Factory. Which, by the way, their menu is so big it's actually slightly smaller than Jimbo's play calling sheet. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Slight, although the Cheesecake Factory menu is laminated. He's just got, like, loose-leaf sheets of paper. <laughs> He's the guy. If you walk into a lawyer's office and his desk looks like that, just turn around and walk right back out. <laughs> if he lawyers the way Jimbo coaches, I agree that that's a good plan. <laughs> that is a good He's plan. He's overcharging you, There's for, that's for sure. Hey, speaking of plans, what is your plan to stay warm in the booth in Fayetteville on Saturday night? You, you know what my plan is? This is really simple. The folks at both Realtree and Banded are sending gear to us, and that's going to keep us warm. We're going with a, with a, um, a heated vest underneath our outer garments. We might even grab some heated socks from the folks at, at Realtree, and they, you know, they license out their, their print to the folks at Banded. So, uh, yeah, like hunters out there are the warmest guys I've ever met, and I'm just going to steal all of their ideas. All right, so so are you being funny? Or are you being? Are you guys are going to broadcast in camouflage this weekend? Well, I now here's the thing: I'm not sure that we're going to have the real tree print on whatever gear we get. So I don't mean to be I don't mean to mislead you, but we will have be wearing their product to stay warm. Yeah, Lane gave us that idea today. And so I immediately got on the phone because Realtree is going to outfit a bunch of the Ole Miss coaching staff from what we're told. He may have mentioned that in his press conference today. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're listen, lean on the people who know how to do it because all three of us are going to be down on the field. We're going to do that again like we did during the Vandy game last year, just a different perspective and, okay. um, you know, a little bit more access because two of the 
two of the most um, accessible coaching staffs in college football with Ole Miss and Arkansas and, and see what we can learn about these teams. And by the way, as much as, much as both teams are going to run the ball, I, I don't think we're going to be out there that long. Well, there are those pesky television commercial breaks, though, which slow things down that's right. a little bit. That's right. So, hey, listen, no. somebody's got to pay cold salary. Yeah, well, I suppose that's right. I actually think you guys could get away with doing camouflage, though, because this is opening weekend of deer season and opening weekend of duck season in Arkansas. It's opening weekend of deer season in Mississippi. Bandit is an Arkansas company, kind of by Arkansas people, real trees and old Miss guy. I think you guys can pull this off and do, like, full-on camo. I'm down with it. I mean, you know me. If it's free, it's for me. Whatever they send, we will promote it, and I will wear it. And I just, I just want to be warm. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, you should be in uh, in good shape. What do you think about this matchup? I mean, Arkansas, not what we thought they would be, but largely not what we thought they would be because of injuries to KJ Jefferson and some some bum field goal luck along the way. And then this Ole Miss team trying to bounce back from a a heartbreaking loss. And I don't mean heartbreaking in the sense that fans were like, oh, my goodness, it was so close. I mean, it was one that the team really took hard. Yeah, well, listen, the ones that hurt the most are the ones that would be most rewarding if you can pull it off. You mentioned Arkansas's luck off the upright, at the top of the upright, which I've seen a lot I've never seen before to give uh, A&M the win. Don't forget in that game, K.J. Jefferson also reached out for the goal line and lost the ball that was returned big by, by A&M. Uh, that was, happens to be the Aggies' last win uh, last week in September. The, the other thing that Arkansas is missing is uh, Jalen Catalan. I mean, and, yeah. and Lane mentioned him. He's been at the top of my list for a long time since he was a freshman. It was the COVID year. We weren't traveling much. I, I snuck into uh, a Barry Odom defensive meeting, and I was, I was just astonished that this freshman safety – was leading the meeting, and and I'm not talking about oh he was called to the blackboard and was tr- you know trying to fake his way through some answers. He was leading the defensive backs meeting uh, as part of what they're doing defensively, and I was so impressed by him. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and that's a that's a huge loss for you know what they want to do. Their their defense is just kind of heckle jekyll. You know they've been torn up by the pass this year. They're okay against the run. And, you know, what they did against LSU, was, was that because they're good against the run? Um, was, was LSU having an off day? Did the cold weather bother LSU, which I think is a very realistic and, and probably got them off the game a little bit? Um, so I'm, I'm mainly curious what they look like defensively uh, because they've shown glimpses of being elite. And then other times it's hard to figure out kind of what their, what their goal is and what they're trying to accomplish. And then the second part, not to ramble, but the second part is, you know, is K.J. Jefferson healthy? Will we see him on the field? How many snaps would he be good for? That is just such a a huge miss for this Arkansas team to be missing him for, for so much of the year. You mentioned the weather a second ago. We were obviously joking about it with the, the camouflage and you guys being on the field. But, and, and and maybe this is just a figment of my imagination, it seems like, 22 degrees would be even harder on a clavicle injury than if it was like 78 and sunny. Is, is that a crazy thought? No, I think that's accurate. And, and I think a, an injury like that um, is one where as a player, you have to have confidence that your body is going to hold up and, and you have to have confidence going to hold up when you take a hit. And if you're 
a runner, especially a running quarterback or, or a running back, you've got to have confidence. You can lower your shoulder and deliver hits. And, mm. you know, I think it's a little bit different. Everyone talks about, you know, pitchers talk about coming back from Tommy John and the first time as they build up to really test it. And, and that's a stress. And other people talk about the first cut when they go full speed coming back on an ACL. Um, I would think of a clavicle as a, as a football player that absorbs and gives hits would be um, even more of a test than both of those injuries, if that's possible. Based on what you saw last week from LSU, if for some reason K.J. Jefferson does not play, do you think Arkansas would go with Cade Fortin again, or do you think that it would be a, a Malik Hornsby kind of mix of those two guys? I think it's probably a mix. I mean, for whatever reason, and we'll meet with their staff on Friday, that's what they feel gives them the best chance. You know, Kendall Bryles is, uh, comes from the tree that is that will spread you out, get you outside the numbers. Obviously, you know, Lane's been influenced by that with his time having Levy on the staff and even before that. Um, so, you know, you never know a game plan to game plan who is the best fit um, based on what these quarterbacks do. And, and from our perspective, and Richard, you know this, like I'm looking forward to learning exactly what the weaknesses are for each guy because that can tell you where they're best used. Um, and sometimes, you know, what, what we perceive as weaknesses on game day um, are not the same that, that they show or get exposed to during the course of a, a week long of practice. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to uh, to see how that plays out for uh, for Arkansas. Hey, where's your uh, where's your go to spot to eat in Fayetteville? Well, there's there's a couple. There's I forget the name of it, but there is a spot, and this will be perfect for cold weather, right down off Dixon. That is uh, that is a a grilled cheese sandwich restaurant. So they specialize mm-hmm. in grilled cheese. And you can get them all sorts of different styles. You can get them, you know, that and a, a cup of tomato soup, a bowl of tomato soup on a cold day. Whoo, man, that's what I'm looking for. And then uh, I'm, I'm, I was lying when I said I got a bunch. Theo's on Friday night is if that's my that's my steak spot. That, that's kind of your go-to. Uh, yeah, I'm, like I'm a basic. A I am, I am really. Ba- I'm like the the you know. Teenage girl who gets the same latte every time. Actually, I get the latte every time. Like, if you give me red meat and red wine, anything red, anything that will help me chase gout, that's where I'll be on Friday night. That's beautiful. Thanks for your time this afternoon. We will uh, we will be watching. I'll be watching from uh, from Raleigh, uh, sitting in a hotel room. So oh, I, I look forward to being I wish entertained. We could see you. That hotel. You know, do yourself a favor. Leave the window open and set the thermostat on about twenty eight, so you get. Real feel temperature in the room. It will be as if I was there. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. All right, fellas. Be good. Tom Hart from ESPN SEC Network. He and Cole Kubelik and Jordan Rogers are on the call. I think we learned something from the field on Saturday night, something they've done uh, a couple of times in the past. So it will be a little bit different type broadcast for that ballgame. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We will be right back. And on the Super Talk Mississippi app. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Right, yeah. Matching last night, Ohio at 
State. Ohio closed as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They covered easily, won at 32-18. to A little bit different story at the Glass Bowl last night, though. Toledo closed as a 15-point favorite over Bowling Green. And just for good measure, the total in that game was 46-and-a-half. If you had the underdog in the over, you slept really well last night. Bowling Green gets the outright upset, 42-35. So 46-and-a-half was the total, and they scored 77 points in the game. I figured out my favorite football aesthetic, by the way. It is not downpour of snow, and it's not 75 and sunny. It is a hazy afternoon, so not night, although last night reminded me. A hazy Mm -hmm. afternoon with snow falling, but the field may be holding on to a little bit of it. And here's why I say that. So basically, Michigan-Ohio State last year. Michigan-Ohio State last year was an incredible visual because they still got to play a normal game. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud threw for 400-something yards. They they were able to still play regular high-level football, but you got the visual of the snow and stuff like that. When you get those snow games in Buffalo, they're fun once, but the actual football stinks because you can't do anything. You can't run, you can't throw, you can't cut, you can't do any of it. By the way, Buffalo this weekend? Uh, hold on. Oh, hold on, let me make sure I got this right. They are at home this weekend. The Buffalo, yes, yeah, they host the Browns on CBS at noon on Sunday. And the forecast is for a couple of feet of snow. I mean, that's a different type of visual, Borky, but that's not one that I'm turning away every great once in a while. Oh, I mean, I'll check it out. But that's not my favorite because it's going to be a disaster. A wonderful disaster, but a disaster. I mean, Buffalo gets some snow, don't they? Yeah, they do. Right off the lake there. Have you seen the new stadium they're uh, building? Look, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's not going to snow during the game. It's going to oh, be twenty nine and partly cloudy, but they are expecting on Saturday snow and wind, three to five inches during the day, one to three inches at night. Um, These are tough people. Yeah, between Friday and Saturday, Buffalo is going to get at least a foot of snow. And and here we've got we've got Lane Kiffin getting sent heated jackets that get up to 130 degrees so he can handle the 30s. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, here you go. They're Hold tough on, there, up there. There's a lake effect snow warning from Thursday night at seven o'clock until Sunday at noon for Buffalo, New York. Heavy lake effect snow expected. Total accumulations two to three feet. Heaviest snow is expected late Thursday night through Friday night when snowfall rates could exceed three inches an hour. Snowfall totals of up to four feet are possible with wind gusts as high as 35 miles an hour. Oh, my goodness. Would you like to experience that one time? Or just absolutely nah, I'm good. Absolutely, I am. If it's it, when because it'll happen when the Saints play in Buffalo. I hope it's in December, and I hope James is old enough to go with me. And he and I are going to get up to Buffalo and watch the Saints play the Bills in 
pouring snow. I want to do that once and one time only. Just concede the game in advance and go, hey, we're going for the visuals. We're going for the visuals. Don't don't even care. I just want it to be snowing a lot. We'll, uh, we'll be prepared for it. We'll be bundled up like crazy. We're going to be miserable, and we're going to remember it for the rest of our lives. That's are you going to are, are you going to let Jane or uh, Jane James Jane's my wife James is your son uh, are you going to let him try to jump through a folding table Yes Oh yeah If he's given the opportunity Yeah Ah uh, Ceasefire text line The Indy Bowl State Snow Bowl was too much snow That was a lot Yeah See uh, That's why I'm talking about the balance Snow is cool Too much snow ruins what you're trying to do Says I bet there will be idiots with no shirts on. No doubt. It's Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had seen what Brad saw as well, that there was a projection possibly of six feet of snow. Jeez. That's uh, <laughs> g- good luck on that front. Good luck on that front. You watch a lot of YouTube? I know you do, Hey Dad. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I find myself in YouTube rabbit holes, but no, it's not like primary entertainment so so i'll do that a lot uh, you know after everybody goes to bed and if there's nothing on or whatever i'll pull up youtube and i've got people that i subscribe to that are like animal keepers or whatever anyway my algorithm decided to show me this town in like norway or whatever where they get four months of no sun and it's like the people documenting what life is like there and they're they have pets but like there's only certain kind of dogs that you can have and when they take their dogs on walks they have to bring long rifles with them because polar bears walk into the village because that's where polar bears live the the way of life is so different than mine i can't even like we're not people we're, we're not even people they, they are so totally different than us it's fascinating though four months of complete and total darkness and they go to work they, they do everything still but it's always dark for months mm. And there was a movie about that. A bunch of vampires came. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was scary. Seasonal depression can be a real thing, especially in a place like that. <laughs> it's not seasonal when it's nine months out of the year. That's just your life. Yeah. Uh, the inevitable coldest game I went to is popping up on the ceasefire text line. Jeff in Oxford says the 1989 Liberty Bowl versus Air Force was absolutely the coldest game I've ever attended. I did not go to that one. I did go to the 1992 Liberty Bowl that also was Ole Miss Air Force and also was one of the coldest games that a lot of people have attended. Um, and that was the day that it dropped like 45 degrees in, you know, from mid afternoon to nightfall. I vividly remember being at my grandmother's house in Coffeyville, which is like an hour and a half south of Memphis, straight down I-55, and was playing in the yard in, like, shorts and sweatpants on New Year's Eve. And we got in the car and we drove to Memphis and got out, and it was like we had entered the frozen tundra of Antarctica, not of Lambeau Field, of Antarctica. I mean, it was crazy. Um, let's see, 2017 Indy Bowl, Southern Miss, Florida State was cold. That it was cold West Saturday at Davis Wade Stadium. Yeah, it was. That wasn't all-time cold, though. 
That is one. Of, that is in the top two or three coldest games I've ever been to. Really? It was real. The wind made it worse than it really was. And you didn't take an extra coat, did you? And I just had my, my pullover on, and I had a toboggan. Mm. Big toboggan guy, huh? I am. Keep that your head warm. Large toboggan, isn't it? Yes. XL stretched out and pulled down it's, over the years. It's holding on. Hey, there, there's a picture of me. They did. They did one of those digital pictures. You can see it's it's stretched out there. Beautiful. We were talking about the, um, the the college football playoff poll, and we only made it really to LSU at six and USC at seven. I, you know, it'll sort itself out, right? I mean, if LSU wins the SEC championship game. I just find it really hard to believe that they get left out, even with two losses. But we'll have to let it all play out, and and some of that depends on what happens around them. You know what the committee needs? Georgia to win. The because are you leaving Georgia, Georgia out? They kind of need TCU to lose also, don't they? It would be easy to bump them out if they do. It's easy to bump... TCU out. It's obviously LSU becomes a non-factor. You got to decide what to do with a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan. But they've demonstrated in the past. Now I know the groups changed, but they've demonstrated that conference championships to them do matter. They do. You're right. Mm-hmm. And so what happens? And here's hey, scenarios hey, hey. again. You have uh, a two-loss SEC champion. Mm-hmm. A one-loss Tennessee, a one-loss ACC champion, and a one-loss Pac-12 champion, and a one-loss Big 12 champion. And a one-loss Georgia. In that scenario. And that's entirely possible. So, yeah, they need Georgia to win. At TCU winning out, in that case, would probably help them some. And UCLA beating USC this weekend would help them. Oregon beating USC in the Pac-12 championship game would help them. Because then Tennessee slides right in. Boom. You've got your... Your four teams. Very simple. And, and you know, they can't ask for everything, right? The committee can't. Because what if they get so much chaos that everybody ends up looking the same with one or two losses other than maybe a Georgia or an Ohio State or Michigan sitting there undefeated? It's like you know who number one and number two are, but after that it's like, I don't know, maybe nobody can argue at, uh, at that point. I, I, I will say this about Southern Cal. They have a chance to have a resume that looks really good. Southern Cal sitting there at 9-1. and one. Their only loss is a one-point loss on the road against Utah, 43-42. They got UCLA, who's in the top 25, Notre Dame, who's in the top 25, and then probably Oregon in the championship game. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Exercise here for us. You know, when, like we get into, when we get into Joe Lunardi time of the year, one of the things that we love to look at are blind resumes, right? Yeah. Let's, let's take a look at the blind resume and see who deserves to be there. So let me give you three resumes, three blind resumes. Resume number one, zero wins against the top 25 One loss to a ranked team, 
best win is to a four-loss conference opponent. Currently. Blind resume number two. Zero wins against a ranked team. One loss to a team that was unranked at the time you played them, but is currently ranked. Resume number three. One, two, three, four, five wins over teams that were in the top 25 you played them. One loss to a team that is currently in the top five. Which of those three resumes deserves to be one of the four teams in the playoff? Feels like it's C, which I think is Tennessee. That is Tennessee. Now, Borky and I were talking during the break. And, Borky, you said you feel like the way Boo Corrigan talks about wins versus ranked teams, it's as of today in the current poll. I have a massive problem with that. That is absolute nonsense. You should be judged on who you beat and who they were when you beat them. Why should Tennessee's win against Pittsburgh be downgraded because Pittsburgh has spiraled since week two? Pittsburgh was the 17th-ranked team in the country when they played in week two. You should get credit for a win over number 17. Not over a Pittsburgh team that's not ranked. Florida was number 20 at the time. And that was in week four of the season. Florida had a win over Utah, who obviously is a good football team. Tennessee won that game. That should count. Now, this would actually work against Tennessee a little bit. But I still think it's how it should be. Tennessee won in Baton Rouge against number 25 LSU. LSU is now number six. Tennessee doesn't get credit for beating what is now number 6 LSU, but they do get credit for a top 25 win over LSU. They beat number 3 Alabama. They beat number 3 Alabama, not number 8 Alabama. They beat number 19 Kentucky. I'm sorry that Kentucky just lost to Vanderbilt. Tennessee should get credit for beating Kentucky when they were number 19. And they lost to number 3 Georgia. Not number one, Georgia. They lost to number three, Georgia. Why why don't we do that? And then point number two. You want to tell me how uh, uh, Southern California deserves to be a playoff team? This, by the way, was blind resume number one. Their best win is a home win against a 6-4 and four Washington State team. Well, they're not one right now. But if they beat UCLA, technically on the road, Notre Dame and Oregon to finish the season, they still wouldn't have a resume as good as Tennessee's. Wouldn't be close. It would not be close to as good as Tennessee's resume. Maybe not. But it's not... As much as they want to try to sell us on, it's only trying to find the best four teams. We know that's not true. If they can, of course, it's not true. If they can justifiably get somebody from the Pacific Coast into the playoff without having to stretch to get there, they'll do it. 
It goes back to what we talked about three weeks ago before the first poll when I argued that TCU should be number two. TCU's resume is good. They got a win over number 18 Oklahoma, a win over number 19 Kansas, a win over number 8 Oklahoma State, a win over number 17 Kansas State in consecutive weeks, then skip two weeks and a win over number 18 Texas. That is five top 25 wins for TCU. And don't talk to me about where they are now. Who were they when they played? Clearly, Despite what they say, the committee also values when you win and when you lose. They say they're evaluating the entire body of work. They say that a win in week two has the same value as a win in week 14. They are lying to you. And the chair of the committee, in talking about the justification for TCU at number four, talked about last night how they're getting a little bit better each week. Don't talk to me about getting better each week. Talk to me about the entire body of work. Why is this so difficult? Because they have to find ways to justify some of the politicking that I guarantee you happens in that room. What What if you didn't try to justify anything? What if you just picked the four best teams? Because they would all come from the SEC. And, and what if when you pick the four best teams and two of them or three of them on a pretty regular basis came from the same conference, you said, fine, change the rules. Change the rules. Go to a 12-team playoff. Go to a 16-team playoff. But you have tasked us with deciding on the four best teams in college football. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. o'clock hour, hour number two, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them to get in on the action. For more information, log on to PearlRiverResort.com. You want to be a part of the conversation? Join us, won't you, on the ceasefire text line, 601 879 Four three nine five. Meet the authority team from Ceasefire Business. Gain the IT expertise you need to tackle your toughest challenges and find new opportunities. Learn more at ceasefirebusiness.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thank you for being with us. Trey Biddy will join us a little bit later in the 4 o'clock hour. Covers the Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll talk with him about this matchup between Ole Miss and and Arkansas that is coming up on Saturday night. I'm just, I don't know, I kind of, you were talking about YouTube rabbit holes earlier. I got myself into a weather.com rabbit hole a little while ago and was like looking at forecasts all over the place, and I thought, ooh, I should probably check and see what that long-range forecast look like looks like for the Egg Bowl. Thursday, November 24th, one week from tomorrow, Rain showers in the morning becoming more intermittent in the afternoon. High of 59. Winds out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour. 60% chance of rain. Thursday night, cloudy with showers. 
low near 45. Winds out of the west at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain, 60%. Does that forecast favor one team or the other? It favors Ole Miss. Team that wants to run versus team that wants to throw, favors Ole Miss. Didn't you talk recently about Mississippi State not playing well in wet conditions? You know, it's funny. I could talk about Mississippi State not playing well in any condition over the past four weeks. <laughs> Heat, cold. What, what condition you want to put them in? When's the last time they played well? Will you take anything away from East Tennessee State this weekend? For the Egg Bowl, probably not. Although, Will Rogers, he need, he needs a layup, man. He just needs to get the ball in the basket. Um. I would like to see Sawyer Robertson and some of the younger guys and just see how they look. You haven't had a chance to see him this year. And Robertson hasn't done much more than kneel a couple of games out. So hopefully State can put him in a position where he can at least get the fourth quarter and, and run the offense a little bit. Yeah. Borky, will you take anything away from that game? Uh, health. That's it. Yeah, that's that too, yeah. Knock on wood, key injuries. If there is one, yes. If not, nothing. 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 Hey, even a game where Mississippi State goes out and plays well and feels a little bit better about themselves, you think that has zero effect? You know, it's like baseball, right? You're only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. Our momentum is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. You feel confident after beating ETSU, which is great. It is. And then an SEC defense welcomes you to their place again. It's And Ole Miss defensively, credit to Chris Partridge, by the way, they looked atrocious. Have played well as of late. Better, anyway. They were quite good against Alabama. 200 passing yards, 100 rushing yards against Alabama? Yeah. That's improvement, no doubt. And Superman made some big-time plays. Yeah. Alabama won against Ole Miss on Saturday because of Bryce Young. Period. Uh, so, did you guys, did, did you think there was a storyline at all out of the college football playoff polls that were revealed last night? Did you get any insight into what the committee is thinking? Was there a particular team that was ranked in a place that you didn't think they should be ranked? It, they don't, and I agree with them, they don't love the ACC at all. It will take remarkable chaos for the ACC to get a bid, even with a one-loss champion. I mean, ca- absolute destructive chaos. Like Tennessee losing to Vanderbilt chaos. That's what it'll take. Yeah, They don't love the ACC at all. And it makes me wonder, you know, I I think these, until proven otherwise, I think this conversation is ridiculous. And listening to his tone, our friend Ryan Brown also thinks that this conversation is ridiculous. However, he, he said on their show today, three different places to his knowledge have reported that Dabo, or insinuated or whatever, that Dabo Sweeney's representation has reached out to Auburn to gauge mutual interest. 
that only makes sense to me if Dabo really wants to get to the SEC. That's yeah. the only scenario where it makes sense. Where he sees because a sinking it, ship. Yeah, but I mean, even if he sees a sinking ship, he has an easier path at Clemson. Yeah. To the playoff and to a national championship. Which, it, that's why it sounds ridiculous to me, and, and you should have heard, Ryan and Lance were funny. Ryan was like, I mean, we've ignored it, but I mean, I guess we have to. And one of his co-hosts was like, come on, do we have to? <laughs> like, do we have to talk about this? Because it's not happening. But I mean, I had somebody at Auburn just kind of throw that name out. and kind of dismissive about it as well, but it was the first time I had heard it. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, it's so much easier to win a national championship at Clemson than it is at Auburn. And he's already won two of them. Yeah. But he's got everything he wants there. Maybe he doesn't have everything he wants. Maybe he's bored. Well, we talk about future, right? Because, you know, I've got Auburn fans in my mentions today talking about resources. And they're partially right. But in 10 years... Both Ole Miss and Mississippi State will have more than Clemson, and they are already there. Ole Miss is anyway, in terms of revenue and budget. Yeah. So in, in fewer than 10 years, five years, with these new television contracts and stuff, resources are going to be greater here than even college football power Clemson. Combining, uh, combining Dabo's sanctimoniousness with Auburn Jesus... Maybe too much for me, my stomach to handle. I don't well, know that I can, I can live through that. Here's the question that I have for you. If you are an Auburn fan, so just assume that you, you wear orange and blue stripe underwear, you have a orange tiger tail hanging out of the tailgate of the back of your car, and Thank you, you greet everyone you see in passing with either well, more eagle. Yeah, that, th- this is who you are. The opportunity presents itself for you to hire Dabo Sweeney as your head coach. You want that? Yes, you want that. I think you want that. Yeah. that he, f- he fits the Auburn family image Ooh, thing that they yeah, love. He does. And you, oh, yeah, you he know does. that would yeah, be fits. a power move. And then, yeah, you're bringing in the, the the guy who's beaten Saban twice on the biggest stage. You know? Something to that. I don't know what it's like and, today, but in 2017, I found an article referencing Dabo Sweeney's agent, Mike Brown. It's five years ago, but that's all I could find immediately. That information's not easily obtained publicly. Yeah, no, you, you don't go to Jimmy Sexton's website and see a list of his clients. Yeah. So as of 2017, it was a guy named Mike Brown. The only thing that you have to worry about with Dabo going to Auburn is recruiting. The whole we don't let uncommit or non or committed kids visit. We don't want to work the portal. That's got to be addressed. He's got to come in with a different opinion on that. But if he does, yes, you would love to hire Dabo. If you don't get Kiffin, you get to choose between those two. Who you're going with? Kiffin. I'm taking Kiffin. I know Kadabo has two national titles, but I would take Kiffin. Because you want him not to be at Ole Miss anymore, or because... No, I'm, I'm looking at this from the Auburn right perspective. Way. No, no. Okay. I'm Brian Haydad, Auburn administrator. 
says Kiffin is the better college coach today. It, it feels like five years ago, Dabo. It feels like there's some reluctance to change or adapt on Dabo's end. Offensively, they're a disaster. He has constantly complained about NIL. Now, Clemson pays their players because everybody does, but still. Let me throw one more thing at you. There would be an opportunity to get the band back together. Jeff Scott is now out of a job as the head coach at South Florida. Dabo could bring him back in as an offensive coordinator. He might do that anyway. Brandon Streeter? Yeah. Is that? it, It might be something he's doing regardless. Could be. Could very well be the case. That's a fascinating Dabo could hire Kiffin as the offensive thing. coordinator. Say what? Dabo could hire Kiffin as the offensive coordinator. Well, if you believe certain Auburn websites, Will Muschamp is going to leave his alma mater, Georgia, to have the same position at Auburn. So, For less money. He's by our text line. Kiffin is to state what Mullen was to Ole Miss. Hmm. We'll be back. Ah, well, we'll you talk know. Mr. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. I did a little bit of digging in the break before I reacted to this text. Michael Borky teamed up as a helper on this. Actually, he did the actual typing and researching, and I was throwing numbers at him. The text was this, Lane Kiffin is to state what Mullen was to Ole Miss. And my initial reaction was, huh. Obviously, the sample size is not as big, 2009 to 2017, for Dan Mullen. Mullen went... Borky, what was it, 3-0 and in his first three Egg Bowls? Won his first three and went 2-4 and four to finish. The won his first three and then lost four of six. What is that, hey, Dad? I mean, you know, we're so negative. Honestly, like, that's what I was, Borky was helping me look up was what was Dan Mullen's record in the Egg Bowl? Because my... I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of that game that you do. I was about to say, y'all had to go look it up. You could have just asked. I would have told you. Got you. Up, you got up for a smoke break. I mean, we, we would have asked. Uh, all right. I don't smoke. I got a glass. I got water. I just water. With you. you don't smoke no, I, as, as many bad habits as I have. You imagine if I smoked? My gosh. Marijuana. I vape that. That's mm. a difference. Or just take it via mm. uh, gummy bear. And I just shoot heroin. It's just easier. Or just chew on the leaves. No, it's too close to a vegetable. (laughs) That wouldn't work for you. So, I don't don't want to eat a salad, you know. There there is this perception that Dan Mullen just dominated the Egg Bowl rivalry. And he was one game above Mm -hmm. 500 over the course of nine seasons. Lane Kiffin's 2-0 in the Egg Bowl. At this point. Now, the, the texture did follow up with Olmus couldn't stand Mullen and State can't stand Kiffin. Glad the Rebels can return the favor. Ha, 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 ha. And I responded, but I see, I, I think, and Brian Haydad is like the living, breathing, walking 
testament to this. I think state fans secretly like Kiffin, even though they desperately want to loathe him. And he said that he was referring to Mullen being a jerk. But again, toward Mississippi State, Kiffin's, Kiffin's not a jerk. He's like indifferent. Kiffin's, yeah, maybe an A&M fan would feel differently, but Kiffin's not much of a jerk. He's a troll on Twitter and on social media. I'll give him yeah. that, but... He's not up in the press conference taking shots at anybody outside of Kiffin, outside of a Fisher, who took shots at him to start it. Uh, Bo in Indianola. Hey, Dad, what about that Egg Bowl where State was number one? <laughs> you just immediately sigh when I say Bo in Indianola. Just roll my eyes. Where's, when was there an Egg Bowl where State was number one and almost was number three? There wasn't one because Bo, yet again, yet again, you gas station owner at best, can't get it right. Maybe you should like run what you want to say through Whoa, me hold first. Hold on a second now. I would love to own a gas station. I'd really love to own. No, like I mean three. No, I mean he just sits out in front of. He just sits out in front of his yard with a can. And says, "Need to fill up." That's what he does. So. Just run the stats through me, Bo. I'll get them right for you, and then you can send them back to me as if you wrote them yourselves. I will do you that favor. Well, he he suggests, remember that year when State was number one and Ole Miss was number three, and Ole Miss beat them like a stray dog and his whole family of State fans, and they made him leave their house at halftime. I'm sure it was because of the football game. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you weren't doing anything, Bo. You're sitting there just like a little angel. But to answer your question, State was number four, and I'm pretty sure Ole Miss was like 17th. They just lost 30 to nothing to Arkansas. They lost, State lost the game though, Bo. You got that part right. Congratulations, buddy. Hmm. We're too close to the game for this agitation. I gotta be honest with you. Starting to, starting to shake here. There's really only about a 10 week or 10 day stretch out of the year where you can get under Brian Haydad's skin. I mean, you can get under his skin at just about any point when you call him little brother. That's kind of a 365 days a year thing. And then the 10-day window leading up to the Egg Bowl, he's on edge a little bit. Are you Bo more... from Texaco has gotten under Haydad's <laughs> skin. Are you more go. on edge when you think Mississippi State is going to win, or do you just always think Mississippi State is going to win? Oh, I, I very rarely think Mississippi State's going to win. I always come in with the, the negative attitude so that if it's positive, I'm excited. Mm. I can't remember the last time. I guess 18, because, I mean, that State team was pretty good, and Ole Miss was just so bad that year, and State was the number one defense in the nation. But beyond that, I mean, very rarely do I walk into the stadium thinking, got this. Uh, Let's see here. Chase in Columbus, I haven't gotten upset at the Egg Bowl in years. Just bet on Ole Miss. You can't lose. Chase, uh, you're, just, you're just so well, miserable, man. Th- there is the occasional like where you lose on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't cover and don't win, and that's a that's a tough place to be. Uh, little brother is all in his feelings today. Go, Bo. Kelso in Ocean Springs. Hey, hey, Dad, Dak is trash. <laughs> What are we doing here? As a Mississippi State fan, I love Kiffin. Wish he was our. You know that Kelso loves you and he's just messing with you. 
I don't know. There's just some bear poking going on at this point. Um, hmm. <laughs> Lane scares state fans to death. We don't dislike him. Cool guy. Just really want him to go somewhere else. Who knows? You might get your wish soon. Maybe. So it, it is getting quite dumb. It is. It, I mean, as it always does. But it's it's getting quite dumb. When you're talking about again, Muschamp leaving Georgia, his alma mater, where he gets to coach his son, by the way, for the same position at Auburn. That's where you lose me. Say, so, uh, okay, somebody, now we're just getting dumb. Well, this saga build, needs to end. Are we building somebody's staff? Oh yeah, that's oh Kiffin's already locked that up. I mean, it's it's uh. done. So somebody had Kiffin taking uh, the, spends too much time. Somebody had Kiffin taking the job for like six million a year. No, no, he's not looking at message boards. He's looking at message board geniuses. He's well, looking at that Twitter feed. And I get asked about this. I, I get asked every Look, thirty minutes. Richard's faces. It's every thirty minutes. Oh, is this true? Is this true? Is this going to happen? Is he going to leave? Chris Lowe said this on Ryan Brown's show, but Trey Wallace wrote this this morning, and they're two completely conflicting things. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. But people keep asking me, and I answer the best of my knowledge, but I don't know. Trey Wallace, what he wrote was incredibly interesting. What Chris Lowe said today on the next round was interesting. Factually inaccurate in, in one particular case about NIL, but incredibly interesting nonetheless. Two totally opposite thoughts. From people who have had direct lines of communication with Lane Kiffin, by the way. They have both done private features on him recently. And one wrote one thing and one said the exact opposite thing today. So how am I supposed to know what the guy's going to do? He could leave. He may not. If you're thinking that you know one way or the other, I think you are wrong. That's all I got. But yet, is this true? Is this true? Is Muschamp leaving? Who's Ole Miss going to hire if Kiffin leaves? You must How have much more money friends than I do because I'm not getting those text messages. <laughs> you know, maybe that that I was going to be mean, but which uh, is incredible you because you don't like people. I do like people. I don't like society. Us. I don't like society. You don't like, you don't like us. And he, I like he did, you. He did pause because he was about to say, and I really don't like you. <laughs> I like I, I don't like society. The things that, that the directions that we are headed as people disgusts me. The way we treat people, the way we talk about people, the the way po- politics are going, it's all a, a disaster. I like people that are in my neighborhood. I like my friends. I like my family. It's society that's the problem. But anyway, it's constant though, and I don't have any answers because, and this is just. A guess here? I don't think Lane Kiffin has an answer. I think he's got a lot of reasons that he wants to stay at Ole Miss, including family stuff, dad stuff. And there's also reasons why he would want to leave to go to Auburn. And those things are heavily weighted on on both sides. And it's not linear. And people in our business want it to be linear, and it's not at all. And I'd be willing to bet that he doesn't know what he's going to do yet. 
Because I think if he did, you would have public answers one way or the other. To some degree, anyway. To some degree. Why would you have public answers? Because public answers put an end to it. That's my point. If he if he knew that there was no, nothing no, happening no, at Auburn? No, 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 no. Public answers put an end to it. And when an end comes, leverage lessens. Media coverage lessens. Yeah, maybe. And leverage and media coverage are good things. For him. Uh, Kelso swinging from the uh, top rope today. Hey, Borky, South Carolina is inferior to North Carolina. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks, as always, for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Ole Miss and Arkansas coming up on Saturday night. 6.30 kickoff in Fayetteville, and it's going to be cold. We were doing the whole weather.com thing earlier. I think maybe I went there initially with the intention of looking at the uh, forecast for Fayetteville. Uh, it hasn't warmed up much. Um, let's see here. Saturday is the, or, or excuse me, Friday is the really cold day. Although it's kind of cold there all week. But if you look at the 10-day forecast for Fayetteville, on Friday the high is 34. Saturday it's all the way up to 44. High of 44, low of 19. It's going to be sunny during the day. And then 19 is the low. I guess we talked about that yesterday a little bit as well. How quickly does it get to the low? Ah, I mean, it's probably like somewhere between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., I would guess. Uh, Not that 5 or 6 degrees makes any difference. Uh, For what it's worth, K.J. Jefferson's practiced all week. So it sounds like he's going to play. I mean, you would think if he's practicing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, he's going to play. How healthy is he, though? We'll see. So a clavicle issue is how they have described it. Bruised, splintered, fractured, broken, hairline. I I don't know, but you're talking collarbone, right? right? I mean, and it's it's on his throwing shoulder, or that side of his body. Um, They're going to have to be prepared for all three, I think. You can't expect, and of course they are. I mean, that's why you pay millions of dollars for analysts, right? Uh, so they can analyze everything. But like you mentioned, if it's a throwing shoulder issue, and with the physicality he plays with, and and takes a bad sack or whatever, or he's running the football and takes one hit from Troy Brown. You don't know who's coming in after him. Or or running the football and delivers a hit. Yeah. Because that's kind of the type runner that he is. 
Kelso, who is our smart weather guy, says the low is generally an hour or so before the sun starts to peak over the horizon. So we're saying what, 5 a.m.? It's going to be the low, the overnight low? Yeah, it's whatever. It's going to be really cold. And it's probably going to be in the low to mid-30s at kickoff, and it's going to fall from there. Not terribly windy. Um, thought we were going to be able to visit with Trey Biddy. have not been able to connect with him on the Farm Bureau guest line. He is a publisher at hogsports.com. So uh, maybe that'll work later in the show. Maybe it won't. Whatever. Um, I'm curious what stands out to you guys when you look at this Arkansas team. Hey, Ned, you, Mississippi State has, has played Arkansas this year. Faced Malik Hornsby as the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Cade Fortin actually started that game. That's right. Cade Fortin started and was awful. And then they went it was to Hornsby. not good. And he was uh, effective, but not effective enough. So what stands out to you for Arkansas? They're a lot worse than I thought they would be. You know, if you go back to the preseason, I had Arkansas second in the West and losing only to Alabama and Mississippi State. Um, defensively, it's it's crazy how bad they are. You know, Odom's a good coordinator, and I know they lost some guys, but they had those two good linebackers there, and and I know, you know, of course, preseason they had Catalan, but they have just been bad all year defensively, and that's what's been very surprising to me. Offensively, they're about where I thought they'd be, maybe a little less effective. Obviously, losing Traylon Burks is a huge blow, but... I would thought I thought they'd be a little bit better running the football this year, and I mean they're just really a mediocre football team. They're, they're just not very good. Um, that and which is which is weird because I think Ole Miss is a good football team, but right now I mean Arkansas could beat Ole Miss. I think they could definitely beat Ole Miss. So the they're home a field first down away from beating LSU. They are. They're a, a, a field goal going over the other side of the upright. From beating Texas A and M and sitting there at what seven and two and or eight and two, and being right there in the mix of everything. So, well, the, hold on, that's, that's five, true. That's true about a lot of teams. Overall. Two and four in the SEC. Okay, so, Texas so they'd be six A&M and three one that or seven you and three. Could easily flip, and instead of five mm-hmm. and five, you're six and four, and you don't have to get your brain in too big of a pretzel to mm-hmm. have them winning over Liberty. And so they're seven and three. And frankly, with a healthy KJ Jefferson against LSU last week, maybe they're eight and two, even with the defensive yeah. issues that they've had. Yeah. They were pretty I mean, we good. Can play, if you want to play the what if game, play the what if game, if they stop Alabama on what, third and 15, where Milrow runs that long one into the end zone, they're down five and can get the ball back with all the momentum in the world. So. Arkansas is the West outside of LSU and in a way Alabama. It's full of these teams there. One thing could have gone the other way and they'd have three, a couple more losses. One thing could have gone the other way and they'd have a couple more wins. State is that way. Ole Miss could be that way whether you look at, you know, Kentucky and Tulsa. Uh, A&M, A&M has got a couple games where like if they could have just done something here or there, they would have won. Auburn, maybe the least likely of that example, but state certainly. You know, there, there are a couple of things statistically that jump out about this Arkansas team. They have only had three games this year where the first number in their rushing total was a one. 
They went for 187 on 51 carries against Alabama. They went for 144 on 42 carries against Liberty and 133 on 46 carries against LSU. Other than that, 224 on the ground against Cincinnati, 295 South Carolina, 212 Missouri State, 244 against A&M, 241 against Mississippi State. That's two losses there where they had 240 yards rushing. I know. I know. Now, in terms of passing, there have only been two games this year where the first number in the passing yardage was a three. 385 against Missouri State, 367 at BYU. And most recently against LSU, 116 yards passing. And that was in part because Jefferson didn't play, but still. I can't help but wonder if Ole Miss is going to look pretty similar defensively. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, when you watched that game, it felt like Ole Miss completely changed their approach from LSU to Alabama, where where they decided, look, Bryce Young's a Heisman Trophy winner. You know, I get it, but got to create some havoc. And they ran four down linemen. Their defensive backs and safeties were closer to the line of scrimmage, and they decided to essentially take a risk of getting beat deep in spots. I have a feeling they're going to do the same thing here, where they're going to run some four-man fronts if everybody's healthy enough to do it. They're going to stack the box. They're going to have their corners closer to the wide receivers, and they're going to try to create havoc because I don't think Arkansas is equipped to win in havoc. Jefferson's not 100%. I don't think they have the wide receivers that can consistently win one-on-one matchups with Ole Miss's secondary. Hell, Alabama didn't have the receivers that could consistently win one-on-one matchups with Ole Miss's secondary. Not really. There were a lot of times where Bryce Young was throwing to guys that were completely covered. Where he had to throw the ball away because there was nobody open downfield. How many times in the broadcast did they show the overhead shot of the Ole Miss secondary against Alabama's receivers? And everybody's covered. They're going to do the same thing, I think, in, in Arkansas and, and create havoc. And when they do that, if they do that, I should say, they will win. Got to be able to do that, though. So here's the other piece of it. So that was, first of all, looking at Arkansas's numbers against their opponents. What about the opponents' numbers against Arkansas? Um, Cincinnati threw for 325. South Carolina, 377. Missouri State threw it for 357. Now, Texas A&M only had 151 yards passing, but you kind of toss that one out. Alabama threw for 238. Um, Mississippi State went for 406 through the air. Is that Mississippi State's best game? 406 through the air, 162 on the ground? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BYU threw for 356 and three touchdowns. Auburn had 285 yards passing. That's all you need to know. Now, in the last two weeks, Liberty 224 and LSU 86. Arkansas kind of changed their scheme defensively. There's been a whole lot more pressure by Arkansas's defense in the last couple of weeks. LSU did run it for 200. Auburn ran it for 183. Alabama went for 317 on the ground against Arkansas back on October 1st. 
we got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Segment of the four o'clock hour with you. You want to be part of the conversation? Join us on the ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. Again, 601 879 4395. Just thinking, I, I was just kind of rolling through a lot of different numbers about Arkansas and kind of looking at the uh, ceasefire text line. I mentioned this to Borky, hey, Dad, before the break, or during the break. And his response was kind of, oh, brother, where art thou-ish? As in, that don't make no sense. Arkansas defensively, in its first three games, had 20 sacks. First four games. Three against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. six against South Carolina, eight against Missouri State, and three against Texas A&M. And then there were those middle three games where they had one against Alabama. You saw it against Mississippi State. Zip. Will Rogers was not yeah. sacked in that game. And then they didn't sack the quarterback at BYU. But in the last three games, three, four, seven. That makes little sense. Yeah, unless, unless I mean, we, we, we follow Arkansas, but we don't know them as well as others. Unless there's an injury that we're missing, a defensive end or a linebacker, but I don't think that there is. So, yeah, that's something that's, I mean, I say it's weird, but then, again, I saw Mississippi State go from one of the better offensive teams in the country to one of the worst in, in four weeks. So I guess anything's possible. I suppose so. But it is, that's an odd stat. I mean, and I remember previewing Arkansas and saying, like, the theme we had that week was if you can get the ball off on time, there's going to be a lot of windows to throw into. And then Arkansas couldn't put an ounce of pressure. And not only that, but, you know, couldn't stop the run against Mississippi State either. Just a really bad defensive performance. They'll need to be a lot better. If they give up 160 yards rushing to State, what's Ole Miss going to do? Well, they gave up 300 to Alabama. Yeah. And, but that's a little different with Alabama with Milrow, that they really focus on running the ball, and he's a much better runner than is Bryce Young. A little different, but yeah, but State to have 160 yards. Football team than Alabama well, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, though, is, is if State has 160 yards rushing, I mean, you can just probably just go ahead and put 300 on the board for Ole Miss on Saturday. 
And and LSU did have some plays in the run game last week, right? I mean, that very, very little mm-hmm. in the passing game, but they had 200 yards rushing. Rocket Sanders for Arkansas leads. He's averaging six yards a carry. 114 yards a game. But he's only got seven touchdowns. Yeah, if, if you want to compare tailbacks, Quinchon Judkins has 15 rushing touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. Their best receiver, uh, receiver is Jaden Hazelwood. Averaging 12 yards a catch. Just, I mean, Landers had the touchdown catch on a nice little wheel route last week. Trey Knox has got five touchdown catches, but only 23 yards a game. I think that's coming from the tight end spot. I think. No, it's... It's a tough a place hard to play. Team to figure. They it's are. A, it is an absolutely difficult place and, to and play, the, especially for Ole Miss. The weather's tough, but but here's another one of these situations, right? Not similarly to Texas A&M, but kinda. In what objective measure is Arkansas better than Ole Miss, in your opinion? It's a game you go out there and win. Yeah, I I don't know that there's. A single part, I mean, you believe that Ole Miss is better offensively than Arkansas, right? Yeah, would you trade a position group with Arkansas? <laughs> Wouldn't trade running backs. Hell, a lot would of people trade would Dar- trade a healthy KJ, but he's not healthy. I was say, if he's healthy, I would trade KJ Jefferson for Dart. But uh, he's not healthy, then no. Throwing shoulder injured KJ Jefferson. He's, he's not healthy right now. No. He may play, but right. he's not healthy. Wide receivers, no. Right. No. Linebacker, maybe, because Troy Brown's not healthy. Yes, you would trade, yes, 100% you would trade your linebackers for Drew Sanders and Bumperpool. Defensive line? No. Secondary? Absolutely not. Obviously not. No. So Kicking game, no. It's a tough place to play. It is. I mean, you might trade punters. Not kicker. Not kicker, though. But it's one of those games where... It, Things get weird in Fayetteville, but one team is better than the other. If Ole Miss plays to their capability, there's no reason they're losing this game. Run the football, protect it, you win. Arkansas has 15 turnovers this year. Is that right? i got to go back and look at that. 5 o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's in my face. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, getting closer by the minute to another college football weekend, the penultimate weekend of the regular season, with the exception of Army-Navy, which is a regular season game that happens the week after championship Saturday. 
It's crazy, man. Final game of the regular season for Ole Miss and Mississippi State is eight days away. Yeah. A little sad? A touch of a tear? Yeah. I mean, we wait all year for it and it just goes so quick, you know. It just grows up so fast. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit online at pearlriverresort.com or visit in person the sportsbook at the Golden Moon. If you want to be a part of the conversation, ceasefire text line is the way to do it, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in ceasefire country. Visit them online at ceasefire.com slash business. Before we get to the college football fix, a question for both of you. There clearly are two games left in the regular season. And so the story of the season is being written still, right? Chapters remaining. But through 10 games for Ole Miss, through 10 games for Mississippi State, in your mind, have these two teams individually, not collectively, individually exceeded expectations? disappointed, or just kind of been right there where you thought they would be. And I know, hey, Dad, in terms of win-loss record, Mississippi State is what you predicted them to be, but it's not. I'm not just talking about win-loss. Right. I get what you're saying. Uh, for me, uh, State has disappointed because of the, the way the offense has regressed. I mean, it's not even a season-long regression. It, it was flying along the first six weeks of the season, and then it just hit a, hit a brick wall and has, and has not been able to recuperate. So that would say that Mississippi State has been a, a, an underachiever, a disappointment, however you want to put put it. Ole Miss, Ole Miss was one game off of my projection to the positive. I had them losing to Kentucky, but I also had them losing to LSU and Alabama. And then I had them losing the next two preseason, finishing 7-5. and five. I don't think that's what they're going to do, so I think you got to say Ole Miss has, has definitely overachieved or, or, or been positive this year for sure. They got a chance to put me on all takes exposed. I said unequivocally that <laughs> if they would not win 10 games this year. I said straight up, like, there's no chance they will win 10 games this year. they got a great chance to win 10 games this year. What do you think, Bork? Um, State, it's more about look than record to me. I mean, having Alabama and Georgia was going to be tough. Going to Lexington was always going to be tough. The issue, it, we talked about this going into the season, too. Because of the schedule, record wasn't as important, as important to me as look. And I've got real concerns about this offense working at a consistent level in the SEC. How could you have any other thoughts besides that? You know, maybe with personnel changes, things change. Quite frankly, despite the, the the counter narrative that I heard a lot earlier, I, I read my DMs, guys. Uh, I, I think they're limited at quarterback relative to what you can get out of the position. And frankly, it's not consistent enough. When you are averaging four yards per pass attempt, you're not winning games in the SEC consistently. Things have to change there. Um but I don't think it's just scheme. I think personnel can improve there. And with improved personnel, the offense will look better. Um, you can have the best offense in the world with a bad quarterback and it look like a bad offense. You can have a bad offense. Ask Auburn, 2010. 
with the best quarterback in America and win games. So, and for Ole Miss, they and and, and that statistically that Auburn defense in 2010 was not great, but they had two incredible playmakers that came up in big moments. They did. So you so you don't have to be a great defense, but you got to have moments. What is it? Only and one that team had moments. One other player besides Cam Newton played in the NFL from that team, or, or on that starting right. twenty-two. Uh, Nick, Nick Fairley. Fairley. So mm-hmm. uh, for Ole Miss, I, I didn't expect the Alabama game to be to, to keep them alive in the SEC West. I expected them to be pretty good. They just replaced so so much. They they have overachieved relative to what I thought that they were capable of going into the season for sure. You know, I, I think I agree with what both of you are saying. You know, when you look at how Ole Miss has played this year, by the way, I mean, we're, we're going to get into lines in just a second. I suppose this has turned into the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. You can log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough, but don't you dare stop there. You can test drive the Ford F-150. F-Series is America's best-selling truck for 45 straight years. Visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer today to test drive one of their vehicles. So, in terms of the way Ole Miss has looked, I said a hundred times leading up to the start of the season, and I think it's mostly been justified again, we have lots of questions on the offensive side of the ball, but until proven wrong, I'm giving Lane Kiffin and his offenses the benefit of the doubt. I think they would have liked to have been a little better throwing the football, but they're, I think, better than even they could have imagined running the football. So I think the offensive piece is head up, uh, held up. The, the, the defensive trend has been a little bit different this year than it has been in recent years. The last couple of years, they've been not very good defensively for the first half of the season and then gotten better down the stretch. This year, they were elite de- defensively for three games. And then it kind of tailed off as some injuries stacked up. And now they've played a little better defense over the last few weeks, and they're trying to finish strong as well. I know you can't do the same thing defensively all the time, but this Ole Miss defense is so much better when they bring pressure. They just are. You can't pressure Bryce Young every down in a game. You'll get burned. you got to be selective. You think about the times that they really put pressure on Bryce Young. Now, he made a couple of just unbelievable plays. That's what he does. They limited him to 200 yards passing. Borky pointed that out earlier today. 200 passing and 100 on the ground. Against Alabama, that's pretty darn good. So I would say that Ole Miss is, and to Haydad's point, very much favored to win 10 games. Favored against Arkansas, going to be a favorite against Mississippi State. 10 games, this, 10 wins this year, it's overachieving. But there's a level of disappointment there because of what it might could have been. You make one or two more plays against Alabama. You got a chance to win 11 games. I don't know if there's anything you can do about that LSU game. Almost just got drilled in the second half of that game. LSU was better in every facet of the game. You just lost, period. 
I concur on the Mississippi State side of things. The record, you know, they go seven and five. It's about what I thought they were going to be. You know, win their seventh game this week against East Tennessee State, and certainly I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win the Egg Bowl. Shocker. Um, but I don't see how you could help but be a little disappointed in what it's looked like. I mean, Defensively, they've been fine. Yeah, Rodgers is just way off the pace from last year. He, way he has regressed. He has regressed. When we get to later tonight on Thunder and Lightning, uh, I'm going to look at the first the numbers from the first half of the season versus these last four games. I mean, they're staggering. The the difference in offensive efficiency, yardage, points, all of those things. It, it, it's it's very alarming. What do you think the cause is? Because it can't just be oh Will Rogers. Well, I mean, and it can't just be. Well, defenses are playing them differently. Well, that's that's not an that's not an that's not a reason to, for this because it's on your coaching staff. Okay, they've changed what they're doing. We got to change what we're doing. If they've changed what you're they're doing and you're not going to change what you're doing, well, that's just incompetence. That's just ego getting in the way. That's a coach that says this is my way, and I'd rather lose my way than win somebody else's. And there's there's no there's there's only one way to fix that. And it's it's the it's the plunger it's the button get him out, which isn't happening, right? I don't think it's happening. I don't think there's a potential for a 2008 Egg Bowl situation here. Even if Ole Miss were to win really really big, I don't I don't think it's enough to do anything. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll get to the lines of all the games involving SEC teams and some interesting national games when we come back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. <laughs> Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Normally this is a Tuesday thing, but uh, we'll do it on this Wednesday afternoon looking at the lines. First, we'll let you know that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Great golf shirts, pullovers, pants, shorts, outerwear. Got coats and vests and some sweaters and all kinds of fantastic stuff. In addition to getting them online, you can shop at uh, Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia, the Country Gentleman in Greenville, Chandelure Outfitters in Ocean Springs, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, and Reed's in Starkville. Genteel, helping you look your best. Don't forget about the Collegiate Collection, again, available online at genteelapparel.com. Remember, uh, ready for an annual take? Yes. The SEC should step in and make this weekend's slate of games against their rules. This, in the second to last week of the season, is an embarrassment. This is embarrassing. No other sport do you have the second to last week of the season 
look like this, where the games do not matter, where you can't even get domestic point spreads because the teams are on completely different competitive levels, like literally different competitive levels competing for different championships. This this would be like the Patriots playing the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL in Week 17. Make all of the non-conference games, with the exception of grandfathered in rivalries, end by a certain day. Well, power five. Uh, power Just five. Power five non-conference games. Yeah, al- allow them to be played after week whenever. Five. But this and the second to last weekend of the season is absolute hot garbage, and the league shouldn't allow it. And I can't believe the television networks allow it. Mississippi State is part of the playing nobody party in week. They are this year, and I don't blame them for doing it. State, Ole Miss is not next year. Ole Miss in the week before the Egg Bowl will play Mercer. Oh, who is it? I thought Mercer's early. Okay, Mississippi State will play Southern Miss next year in the penultimate game of the regular season, which is is that a good spot or a tough spot for that game? It's an interesting spot. I think, I mean, if you look at it from a 10,000-foot view, you're playing a group of five team. You know, you should be able to beat them. It's better the fact than that Southern Miss adds some. I mean, the fact that Southern Miss adds some intrigue and there's some in-state storylines there, but at, at the end of the day, it's SEC versus Sun Belt. You should be able yeah. to win. Ole Miss has ULM in the game before the Egg Bowl next year. So it's two Sun Belt teams. Yeah. Um. So Austin P at Alabama, as Borky referred to it, there is no domestic line available for this game. Same thing for East Tennessee State at Mississippi State. Have you seen a line of any sort on this game, Hey Dad? I have not. I have not. Borky, have you dug into the dark web looking for uh, no. an offshore line? We need to see if we can find one of those. Texas A and M is favored by 33.5 points against UMass. UMass has been bad this year. But Texas A&M has also been bad this year. Uh, Let's see here. UMass is 1-9. They've given up 42-55. They beat Stony Brook. 28-20, 42-34, 23, 27, 35. You laying 33.5? No, and I won't watch a second of it because I I value my sanity. It's just an embarrassment. Okay. That's what this is. I probably would lay the 33.5 here. I am taking the 33.5 in my pick em. Uh Florida is a 14-point favorite at Vanderbilt, coming off its first SEC win since 2019. With the weight Thank off em. their back, do you think the doors have it in them to play loose and free and I don't give a crap because we got what we came for and free Florida's shot and actually, all that? Florida's actually played pretty well the last couple of weeks. They have, and they have... Clearly better players than Vanderbilt, but so does Kentucky, remember? First-round draft pick. 
QB one. I think I think we said earlier it's there's two two SEC teams have been double digit favorites over Vanderbilt and neither one of them have covered. I say they make it three. Mm, Nashville high of forty five, low of twenty two on Saturday. Eli Drinkwitz says big advantage. We are the boys of Thanks. Old Florida. Georgia favored by twenty two and a half against Kentucky. Double that. Auburn is so a they favorite beat, at home. Beat them up and down the field. Auburn is a favorite at home against Western Kentucky. They are a five and a half point favorite. Is this a weird spot for Auburn coming off the emotional is, but, high of last week? It is, but I feel like Cadillac Williams is a guy who can keep an emotional high going. He'll have them motivated. Western Kentucky can score, man. They can score. But we'll see. I, I I feel pretty. I would feel pretty confident taking the points or giving the points there. Give it, let's see here. Let's check in on Western Kentucky real quick. Conference USA, Western Kentucky. They are seven and four on the year. They scored 30, 30 in a loss to Indiana. Twenty seven in a loss to Troy. Twenty eight in a loss to UTSA. I don't know. I'm not sure that you're going to shut Western Kentucky down offensively, and I don't know if Auburn can explode offensively against anybody. They can run the ball, though. They'll be able to run the ball effectively, and they'll get points that way. Given what, you, given what you saw last week from the Tennessee Volunteers, are you comfortable laying 21.5 at South Carolina on Saturday? I am. Borky, you like I Tennessee big here? I do. I really do. Yeah, I don't think that's enough. And that game I, Tennessee is, is in the style points region, man. They they're going to win big as, as much as they can these last two games. I got a It's how stupid Ooh. college football fans are. I got a text from a South Carolina friend of mine asking me what I would think about South Carolina hiring Jamie Chadwell to replace Satterfield, their offensive coordinator. Okay. Like, where do you guys get this stuff? It's amazing. Guys, I've not studied the TV schedule for this weekend. Tennessee at South Carolina is on ESPN with Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet on Saturday night. Jeez. That's, again, a testament to how bad this schedule is, is they're just like, we got to put them somewhere. Yeah, but it's not just the SEC. If that's what ESPN is doing, it's a national problem this week. Meanwhile, Ole Miss Arkansas right, yeah. is on the SEC network. I would think that Ole Miss Arkansas would have been more attractive than Tennessee South Carolina, but just me. Man, it's a local thing. Good point on the text line. Auburn is bad offensively, but they they scored thirty four on Ole Miss and 30, 33 on Mississippi State. They can get thirty points plus on Western Kentucky. Yeah, but they scored thirteen on A and M last week. They said in Texas A and M. Yeah, they'll be fine. Uh, Missouri, big favorite at home against New Mexico State. Read a story about New Mexico State today. Jerry Kill, this is year two, has not signed his contract yet. Oh, really? His initial offer sheet dated 2021. Two pages. He has yet to sign it. They're paying him, but right now he is not under contract to be the head coach at New Mexico State. I will take those points in that game, too. Eight o'clock... 
Under the lights at Tiger Stadium, LSU and UAB, LSU is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite against UAB. feels like last week was the, you know, you got lucky kind of game. I think LSU will come out focused for this one, and they'll, they'll win easily. Okay. A couple of national games, Michigan favored by 18 at home against Illinois. Could be a difficult spot for TCU. They got to go to Baylor this week. They're a two and a half point favorite. Ohio State is headed to Maryland. Ohio State is a 27 and a half point favorite at Maryland. Maryland on the heels of losing 30 nothing to Penn State. Clemson favored at home by 19 against Miami. Southern Cal and UCLA. That is a Saturday night game. At the Rose Bowl, USC at UCLA, USC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that ballgame. Five o'clock Pacific time on Fox. Could go either way. Are we we doing the uh, the red jerseys and the powder blue jerseys? The Bruin blue jerseys? Surely they are. They normally do, don't they? Hope so. so beautiful. So beautiful. Good look. Sports Talk Mississippi. More coming up with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Kind of intentionally avoided talking about the story from the uh, University of Virginia this week, and no reason other than it's just sad, scary, awful, tragic, all those things rolled into one. I've read several stories about it, and there's not a lot of new information, but three University of Virginia football players killed by a former walk-on, one-semester walk-on Virginia football player in what appears to have been a very targeted incident. There's, I guess, a new addition to the story at ESPN.com today that confirms that he was, based on eyewitness accounts, was not just randomly shooting. One of the one of the players for Virginia that he shot was sleeping. There are two others that were awake and were aimed at and shot. And then you've got one that has been downgraded or, or upgraded, I guess, to serious condition from critical. A couple of surgeries for a bullet that entered the abdomen area. And then one person who was not a football player who has been released from the hospital. <sighs> It's hard. You you have incredible sympathy for everybody that is part of 
the Virginia football program on that coaching staff, the athletics department, all the students there, the entire Charlottesville community. But I think it's really difficult to have empathy in this situation, not because you don't want to, but because it is hard to place yourself in the position of, can I imagine if it had happened here? And it can happen anywhere, right? I mean, we still don't know a motive. But it's really difficult to say, what if this had been in Oxford? What if this had been in Starkville? What if it had been in Tuscaloosa or Baton Rouge or College Station or anywhere? And those places would probably, I mean, obviously if it was Oxford or Starkville, but if it was anywhere in the SEC or kind of in a more geographically close region to us than than Charlottesville, Virginia, I think it would hit home a little more. As you guys have read this story, I mean, you kind of get where I'm coming from on on this? Like, easy to be sympathetic and to talk about how tragic it is, but really hard to be empathetic and place yourself in the position and try to genuinely understand what it is that that football team, that coaching staff, and that entire community is going through. It's hard. It's unfathomable. I it, I know somebody that that has cancer, or had cancer, actually beat it, but it was possibly fatal. And the, the way that they talked about it was interesting. It's, you know, you're aware that, that it exists, right? You're aware that there's evil in the world and among us and but when it doesn't happen to you, it's it almost feels like it's this surreal thing that that you consume through a screen because you don't have to live it, right? It's not happening in your life; it's happening through your TV, and then you turn your TV off and you go to bed. But but when it's you sitting in front of a doctor and he tells you that you have this and it might kill you, it, it changes everything, and it's you can't even wrap your mind around it until it's something that is told to you and, and that that's always stuck with me it's in a situation like this the, the way you put it I, I thought was great it's it, I've only learned about it through a screen you know but if it happened to guys that I've I know through interviews and through watching them play and I know people that know football players or, or athletes or anybody like that it, it would change everything and it's it's I've not been emotional about this story, but it, it, it drew to my emotion some. I, I could not fathom it happening here. It's it's so hard to wrap your mind around something like that could happen. You know, hey, Dad, Mississippi State has gone through a tragedy this football season in losing Sam Westmoreland. Mm-hmm. But it's an altogether... It's an altogether different story. I mean, the loss of life of a young person... Is, is the common theme there, but it's an altogether different story than what they're dealing with at Virginia. Yeah, very different, but like you said, when whenever a young life is lost like this, it's just a tragedy because these are people who had you know so much in front of them, and so you hate to see that. And I try, when, when things like this happen, all I ever try to do is just think, you know, hey, it, it's awful, and, you know, I offer you know, my prayers for what little those are worth to people. Um, but unfortunately, it's just another 
another awful incident and uh, nothing you can do about it. And I, I have realized that I've got a platform that I, you know, sometimes need to to use and take advantage of. Like you said, I, I don't know why this happened. They haven't released a motive yet. But generally speaking, we have a crisis in mental health, and it is not addressed anywhere close to adequately. And I have talked about this before. I'm fine talking about it. I struggle with it and have and continue to and will continue to, and I have seeked professional help for that. Um, the, the resources are not as abundant as they need to be. I know, for whatever it's worth, I'm just some 30-year-old dude that talks sports for a living, but there are people that have power and influence that do listen to our show on occasion. We can't sit back and allow people who need help to not get it because the resources aren't available for them to do. It is too expensive in most cases, or it's not available in a lot of cases as well. I'm very lucky with what I'm currently using with the prices that I'm able to get. Before this, I couldn't afford it. And that's why I couldn't do it. If you have a chance to help somebody or you know somebody that needs help, don't ignore it. Because it does, in one way or another, become tragic. Well said. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can do so on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays is beginning on Monday. And Sports Talk Mississippi will be there. We will be there to kick off Holly Jolly Holidays as part of Visit Oxford and the holiday season in and around the Oxford area. We'll give you more details as we get a little bit closer to that on exactly where we will be and how you can uh, can be a part of that. Uh, next week's going to be fun. We, um, we made a very concerted effort last year in our coverage lead up to the Egg Bowl to take a different approach. Right, I mean, in the past we've gone through the let's break down games and let's, our, you know, opponents, and, and we'll do that, right? We'll look at the numbers and we'll look at stats and we'll look at all the different angles that we can possibly look at on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday leading up to the Egg Bowl. Hey, Dad probably gets the most credit for this, or Will East, or I, I don't know, maybe it was a collective thing, but it's like, hey, we got to talk to players that have played in this game and people that have been involved in this rivalry for a long time. And so we're going to do that next week. Um, we have a number of Mississippi State players that are confirmed to join us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Uh, Jim Ellis, who is the former voice of the Bulldogs, and Neil Price, the current voice of the Bulldogs, will join us. David Kellum will join us live in Oxford on Monday for our uh, our live broadcast uh, from Holly Jolly Holidays, and uh, going to have Ole Miss players that are joining us throughout the course of the week as well. Hey, Dad has kind of set the bar high. I got some work to do on the the former players angle, uh, but we're going to get there, right? We're we're going to get there. We're going to have some fun with that uh, as we get closer to the um, uh, kickoff of that game, which is now just eight days away. Eight days away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ceasefire text line, great job, Borky. My sister needed that help, but did not take it. We lost her a couple of years ago. Sorry uh, to hear that. 
Jason says, terrible situation. To Borky's point, a whole lot of people around that situation are going to need help. And fortunately, I think the University of Virginia is making that available to its students and its university community. But there are a lot of people that are affected uh, by difficult situations. Um, we'll wrap things up with you coming up in uh, in just a couple of minutes on this Wednesday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. I, I know that was heavy, and uh, again, I, like I said, I kind of intentionally avoided that all week, but it felt like something that we needed to at least touch on. We'll wrap it up with you next. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. I believe every lie that I ever told. Paid for every heart that I ever stole. I played my cards and I didn't fold. Well, it ain't that hard when you got soul. There apparently was a basketball game played in New Orleans last night, but I don't know what happened. So uh, we'll move on. Um, John Morant played three excellent quarters of basketball. He was he was great in the first half. Had a good third quarter. And uh, and then the game ended, uh, or well, he thought the game ended mm. because. Um, because then Jose Alvarado checked into the game and was his primary defender, and he disappeared. I, I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if Jose scared him or or what, but he he stopped playing basketball after Jose came into the game and defended him. And well, that's pretty terrible coaching that you let a guy go for thirty six and three quarters, and then you just decided to defend him at the end. I mean, yeah. you know how lopsided that margin could have been. Pels over the Grizz, 113-102 last night. Yeah, it, John needed help last night. Couldn't get it for, from anybody else. Jose did well, but the, that game, and I know, I know, I'm a Marxist because I like the NBA. I know, I, I know, I'm a, I'm a dang commie, all right? Comrade Borky, tell me more about glorious Pelicans. <laughs> but the two teams that are closest to our state, and I know there are fans of these two teams in this state because I hear from you, are awesome. John Morant is awesome. He is, every time he touches the ball almost, he is an edge-of-your-seat kind of basketball player. His ability to jump is shocking with how athletic he is. And you ever it, seen Hey Dad jump? <laughs> Yeah, me either. Shocking in another way, I guess. But he is—he is special. I still think the Grizzlies are a piece away from being true contenders. Yeah. But he's shaking, an, not shocking. He's an electric factory. And New Orleans is as deep as, as a team in the NBA exists. They are good and fun and play with great effort. And you've got shooters and you've got skill guys and you've got mid range and you've got defense. And it's—they played as fun of a basketball game as you can watch last night. 
And they are... Tell your wife all these mean things you say about me, by the way, Richard. Mm -hmm. Point that out. Yeah. You'll have an opportunity in eight days. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Congrats, Borky. A good win for the Pels last night. A good win. It was. It was. And they're going to play a few more times. I I hope we get a playoff series out of those two. Ooh, that'd be salty. Uh, Matching tonight. Ooh. Can we get a remote second quarter? In New Orleans for that. Oh, Eastern Michigan and Kent State. They're tied at seven. Miami, Ohio, uh, and Northern Illinois coming your way at six on CBS Sports Network, ESPNU tonight, seven. Western Michigan, Central Michigan. It's a battle of directional Michigans coming to you from Mount Pleasant. Isn't that where, uh, where Ryan Brown had to go one year for losing their, uh, their final four? March Madness thing. Didn't he have to go to Mount Pleasant, Michigan for a game? Ah, whatever. Uh, as mentioned earlier this afternoon, Thunder and Lightning on the radio is coming up in, uh, oh, about 10 minutes. Brian Haydad has conserved his words throughout the show today so that he can bloviate for an hour when we finish this radio program. What's happening to tonight on TNL Radio? We're going to talk about the state's offense and, and where it's gone bad for them and how it's gone bad for them and why it's gone bad for them. And then I said it once, say it again. We're, we're looking ahead. When East Tennessee, not concerned. We're going to talk about the Egg Bowl tonight. I'll talk some hoops too. Chris Jans and company, they deserve some, uh, some respect. Playing good ball to start the season. All right. Very good. Next, uh, next basketball game for Mississippi State is Friday night. Thursday, yeah, uh, Thursday night. Okay, Thursday night against South Dakota, eight p.m. tip off. I love it at the Hump late night at the Humphrey Coliseum. Uh, at some point, I'm going to actually know when these basketball games are. Ole Miss last night, seventy to fifty-eight over Chattanooga, outscored them by twelve in the second half after being tied at thirty-three. Uh, Chattanooga had a seven-footer that could go. I mean, played really, really well in that game. Uh, Jake Stevens. Uh, had 16 points. For Ole Miss, Matthew Morrell had 25 last night on 9 of 14 shooting, including 6 of 10 from behind the arc. T.J. Caldwell, freshman point guard, uh, 10 points off the bench for him in 23 minutes uh, last night as well. Ole Miss is 3-0, and and they have a game coming up on Friday night. Rebels will play UT Martin. USM's 3-0, and too. They are. Yeah. A lot Vanderbilt, of wins. didn't they? They did. We talked about you it learned yesterday. that fact yesterday. Yeah, I remember talking about it, but yeah. Good basketball uh, to start the season. We'll see how it goes. Ole Miss in Orlando on Thanksgiving Day against Stanford. And the game of the day. Either Florida State or Siena. <laughs> Did you say a uh, game on that day? Is the that game said? of the day. Yes. Magnolia State will be transfixed on that one. Forget hey, the Cowboys. Yeah. We'll make sure there's a TV close by so you can watch. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll probably need a laptop to watch that one. Uh, ESPNU. ESPNU. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow, that game is televised? Oh, my gosh. Thunder and lightning on the radio coming up next. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night.
Owning a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.